This podcast is a project of the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency committed to building creative communities and inspiring creative minds. And it was a matter of sort of cultivating and, and identifying what that culture and those artists were doing in East Hampton and sort of supporting them and lifting them and bringing them sort of to the top of, of the local economy and making people aware that this is happening. Hi, I'm Anita Walker, Executive Director of the Massachusetts Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Jessica Allen. She is the city planner for the city of East Hampton, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, our listeners know that probably most of our guests are cultural leaders. What in the world do we have a city planner on this program <laughs> for? What does city planning have to do with arts and culture? It has a lot It has to a do. lot, and, and I kind of like to describe myself not as a planner, but as a placemaker. And I think that arts and planning really kind of go hand in hand when we're talking about creating places and creating communities. Um, and I think what's kind of unusual for our city is that we have an arts coordinator that's actually housed in the planning department. So we work very closely together and collaborate on a lot of different projects together to to revitalize our downtown and to, to sort of highlight um, arts and culture in East Hampton, which there's a lot of. So, so. East Hampton has one of our more than 40 state-designated cultural right. districts, the Cottage Street Cultural District. But I want to circle back immediately to something you just said. Mm -hmm. You have an arts and culture city staff person That's right. in the city planning department. That's right. How did that come to be? Well, thanks to MCC, really, uh, one of the first Adams grants, and this was before my time with my predecessor, um, and there was a staff person in the planning department who was an artist herself. The um, Adams grant became on their radar screen, they applied for money, and one of the first projects that they had done was to do an inventory of artists in East Hampton, and I remember talking to the city planner when, he was, when they were doing that, and he was just blown away by what that hidden economy that was in East Hampton that was there that people knew was there, but I don't think they understood the breadth of how many artists were, were working in the mills, in their studios. Um, and so I think with that first project, it kind of kept arts and planning together in the same department, um, but also, you know, really sort of elevated it to realize that, um, you know, this is a, this is a economic development issue as well. And this is an economy that we need to sort of bring up to the surface a little bit. So I think that's how they kind of ended up together. Something tells me if you put all those artist entrepreneurs under one roof and called it a company, any city would be thrilled to yeah. attract that kind of a workforce. Yeah, and what I think is kind of interesting now is that East Hampton is an old mill town. They have their roots in the mills. We have a lot of mill infrastructure. We have these newer manufacturing companies that are coming in that to me I feel like are kind of bringing the, the um, creativity and the manufacturing together. They're making these very interesting products there. It's, it's like taking it to a whole different level in terms of, of a, a creative economy in my, in my mind. And I think it's kind of neat for East Hampton to have this history in the mills and to have this you know, economy of artists that's been there for you know, a couple of good decades now kind of blending together and there's like a, a new sort of small manufacturing subset happening in the mills. I mean, there's there's a company that makes, um, to my understanding, I was told there's a company that makes um, uh, high-end wrapping paper from this really interesting manufacturing process using recycled materials, and then they sell them to high-end retail stores in New York City. So, you know, it's the, there's things happening in East Hampton, and they're kind of hidden in the mills. Um, 
but they have a, a, a bigger regional economy tied to them. So, And you can't really separate design from anything you anymore, can't. whether it's a street or wrapping paper or a product Absolutely. or a ballpoint pen, design yep. and embedded and everything. Absolutely. One of the things that hit me that you just said, uh, though, thinking about putting together the arts and city planning, putting together the artist entrepreneurs with other types of innovators and entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. mill buildings. Mm -hmm. One of the my favorite my favorite things about the Cottage Street Cultural District is that virtually any um, uh, retail uh, operation that you walk into is an imaginative blend of two things you wouldn't expect to see together mm -hmm. in one place. So, for example, the musical instrument guitar Luthiers, store yes. is also. A bar. That's right. And they just expanded. They've just doubled in size because they're so popular. So they're expanding their um, the, the breath on the, on the street. So. And the movie theater is also fine dining. Or is it still kind it, of a... Yeah, it's no longer there, unfortunately. Oh, no. And so that's one of the challenges we're having right now is the district is shifting. Okay. And, um, and I think my sense of other cultural districts across the state is there's always like a major cultural institution that's part of it. it's a museum or something our cultural institution is one cottage street where we have hundreds of artists located in one building but after that it's just retail and so these are small businesses they're not necessarily always making it they're going out of business the felting store where you bought something yes. fabulous i can't yes, remember if it was yes. a hat or a necklace but you bought something fabulous <laughs> mm -hmm. there i remember um they they expanded so much they moved out of cottage street and now they're in the mills and so the mills is is you know we don't have a lot of land left in east hampton and so when a business outgrows their space in a small retail place like cottage street they're looking to the mills and we're starting to look at the mills as maybe being a second cultural district at some point in the mm -hmm. near future because we've put a lot of public investment into the pleasant street mills area mm -hmm. um and and those those buildings are growing and filling and have a lot of entrepreneurs and and breweries and all sorts of fabulous things happening in them um and so yeah so that's a challenge that's happening on the street right now is we're having some turnover we're not sure where we're headed we don't know you know what are the tools that we want to put in place to preserve this district um has it outlived itself you know that's another question that's coming up we know that the real estate industry really utilizes it in their marketing of properties around that yeah. street and that's where we've seen the greatest use of the of the cultural district designation um but we have turnover but we've got some cool stuff happening the tattoo place moved down the street now They're, just to pause the tattoo place is like internationally that's a right. destination for tattoos if that's you right. are into tattoos they have a, um, a sister store in Italy, so. <laughs> and they do a lot of conventions. And so they, they are now under a lease agreement at the Majestic Theater um, where the felting store was, and they have now moved into that space, and they're going to start turning that into a more publicly accessible spot where you can um, use the stage and sort of bring it back to a little bit of its old glory. So keeping the tattoo, but also sort of expanding that space, so. So there's always churn. I mean, in retail, there's always great ambitions that some play out and some don't pan out. Right. And, so, and every uh, business has a lifespan, um, and so that's okay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things shine bright at the beginning and then peter out fairly quickly. Right. How do you um, do? You sort of have a uh, an idea or in your plan about what the mix is that you want on Cottage Street, and uh, do you also think about um, um, prohibitions on chains and that mm -hmm, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. How does that all play into mm -hmm. what's happening? Um, so 
my vision of downtowns, um, and from maybe this is a more of a planning perspective, but you know, obviously we know that that um, internet sales are changing the retail and how it's working right now. And in my opinion, I think downtowns need to start going towards um, experience, not necessarily going and purchasing something. Because we well, that's like the beer and the guitars. Right, exactly. That's an experience. You're going there for an experience. You're going through a tattoo to get a tattoo. I mean, even that's an experience in its own way. Um, we now have this fantastic butcheria. It's an Italian butcheria. You can go in there. You can talk to the butcher. You can select meats. I mean, this is a, a new entity, and, and they're starting to create a little Italy down at the end. So, because there's an Italian restaurant right next door, they've painted the fire hydrant in Italian colors now. So, I mean, I think it's like that experience is what is going to, or what I think is going to make a good mix for the district. And we now have the boardwalk which people go, they get an ice cream, they go down there, they hang out. We have public art on the boardwalk um, that is interactive and, um, and is engaging. So I think if we keep trying to recruit businesses that have that sort of model um, and, and uh, cultivate them and patron them and spend our money there, then those are the businesses that will that will thrive. Those that are just selling, you know, knickknacks and trinkets, I just think are going to have a hard time. So, and how does programming on that street um, interact with the experiential sure. shop? So, Art Walk is a second Saturday of every month. Um, we are very much program and work with the businesses on that street to have activities going on during Art Walk. Um, we just recently made the decision, East, East Hampton City Arts Plus made the decision to start funding two performers at every art walk um, to make sure that at least there's some activity happening on the street and she's working specifically with one business um, to host that um, musician or that performer every, every art walk. So I think again having a reason to go down and having that experience will keep feet on the street and will keep people entering these stores and spending their money there. So. Now that you are in a planning department that also has the cultural or the arts voice uh, sort of embedded in there, mm -hmm. can you imagine not having that integrated approach? No, I, I can't. I mean, it really is such a heart and soul of East Hampton at this time. And, um, you know, I think it's part of a bigger economic development strategy for the city, in my mind. Um, where it's a reason for people to come to the city. It's a reason for businesses, other businesses, to come and locate in the city because there's things for their employees to do. There's places to eat. There's things to do. Um, and so it's, you know, it's part of a bigger integrated strategy, but it's definitely the work of ECA has put East Hampton on the map regionally, has put us on the map in Western Mass, um, I even think statewide to some extent. So. Um, you know, I think it's it's the programming and the events bring people to East Hampton. They see what's going on. They're like, hey, there's a lot going on in the city. Let's come back at another time when there's maybe not an event or program going on, just to sort of check it out. When you so. go to your um, conventions of city planners, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a, an association. It's a nerd fest. It's a total nerd fest. <laughs> Are you seeing, though, more and more cities uh, taking this approach where you bring the arts and culture right into City Hall, right into the city planning department? Mm -hmm. and, and what are the barriers to that? Is it a language? Is it sort of like a, a school of thought that if I come mm -hmm. out of planning and I'm into like the curbs and the roads and the new developments? Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about sort of the, the cultural sure. um, barriers to that kind of integration. So 
every conference that I've gone to, planning conference, there's always at least one session on arts and culture and planning. I mean, it's really kind of a, a pretty mainstream topic at this point. And placemaking is often a, a big term that's used a lot and how arts sort of plays into that. Um, I would say, though, that I think how East Hampton has um, sort of thrived on this is we went with the natural curve of what was happening in East Hampton. It wasn't like we created this arts and culture scene when there wasn't any, we didn't start from, from zero. There was already something happening. And it was a matter of sort of cultivating and, and identifying what that culture and those artists were doing in East Hampton and sort of supporting them and lifting them and bringing them sort of to the top of, of the local economy and making people aware that this is happening. So, you know, for other communities that are looking at this as a, as a revitalization strategy for themselves, I, I, would, I would say that really sort of take a hard look at what you have and don't try to um, invent something that's not there or push something that's not there. Really, it's like, you know, working with your hair. You're not going to put your part in the other direction because it just looks goofy. So, it <laughs> so won't stay. It's not going to stay. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, it's it really sort of identifying what's there and cultivating that and, and supporting it. And I think that's where ECA and the city has done a fabulous job. I mean, it's a, a recognized part of our local economy, and we're doing everything that we can to not just use it as a re revitalization tool, but look at it on how are we supporting our artists in our community? What business skills are we going to try to provide them? Workshops or, or um, other things to help support their business and to help them make money. I mean, bottom line is that's a kind of a, a core value of, of ECA is to make sure our artists are, are support, being able to support themselves. And so. I want to go back to sort of where you started, which was there was an artist inventory um, that kind of started became the, whole thing. the platform on which sure. all of this was built. Um, and we've been talking quite a bit at the Mass Cultural Council of how we can support uh, more communities mm -hmm. um, by starting with an artist's inventory. Mm -hmm. But it's not just counting heads. No. There has to be a strategy of Absolutely. where to go afterwards. Can you talk how that was developed? You know, I wasn't there when the inventory was done. Um, I don't know how much... Um, time they spent sort of culling people out of their studios. Um, you know, maybe there are folks who really didn't really want to be part of it. I mean, they're busy making their art. They don't have time for this other thing. So um, I suspect that there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings, a lot of really focused local public participation that happened in order to sort of make this inventory happen. It wasn't, you know, it's not just a census Send out a survey. Yeah. No, it's not just sent out a survey, but um, I think having we were lucky to have Ellen Coteen, who was an artist and worked in the planning department. She sort of, you know, she her studio was in one cottage. She's already going to know people who are in that. So you need sort of that front person who's already connected into that community um, to be able to sort of outreach that. And and the arts coordinator in East Hampton is sort of that conduit between the artists and the city. You know, they represent the city, but they also are um, kind of the constituent face for the artists in East Hampton and sort of plays that, that middle ground so they can be that communication between city and that and that population group in East Hampton. So, so. right now East Hampton is um, sort of turning the page onto the next chapter. We are turning the page. Yep. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting. So Jessica Allen, another one of our creative minds out loud. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.